0: Hello and welcome back to the podcast the Emoji Speaks. This is your host Shalonda. Hey there and I hope this week is going well for you. I hope that you're able to really look at your your week because we are almost finishing out this year 2021 and we are approaching a new year. So we're getting all of our goals together as well as what we're doing right for the new year 2022 and really finishing this um year off to reflect over what we have accomplished and i hope that you've been able to look and reflect over all the things that you have done thus far and anticipate All of the things that you have waiting for you in the new year. So, of course, this podcast addresses issues of trauma and looking at traumatic experiences that shape our reality. And, of course, we talk about foster care and experiences of the foster youth that contribute to their trauma in the overall arching system. And in the new year... We are planning to really dive in deep with interviews as well as looking at different examples and cases of foster care and the overall system and how broken it is, and really just suggest ways in improving this system and improving the lives of the next generation to come. So, of course, if you like this podcast, please share it listen to it, like it, and communicate back with me. All of the links for how to reach me and DM me or comment on my page, Emoji Speaks, at are my social media handles, and I cannot wait to speak with you. Okay, so I want to talk about when I was asking my niece who is about to age out of foster care in the next couple of years about her future, it really dawned on me that I was really proactive as to learn what I wanted to do with my life. And it was given to me as a child. So I remember very early on, let's say five, my mom and my dad, of course, always asked me, what do you want to be? My aunties, my uncles always asked me, what do you want to be? And my answer was a doctor. And so it was kind of facilitated being a doctor. It was was almost, that was the thing that I would do. And I had this embedded in my mind that this was going to be my life. And so there were toys and things that I played with that let me know and reassured me that this was my life, my decision, my career choice. And as you know, when I grew up, I ultimately changed my idea for what I wanted to be. However, the idea was very embedded into my identity very early on. And it was supported for me throughout all of the other people that had conversation with, conversations with me. And so I kind of understood that college was what I needed to do with my life and I had a direction. But after talking to my niece, I realized that a lot of us in foster care have a lack of guidance, When it comes to people asking us, what are our plans? After foster care, what do we want to do? What's the goal? What's the next phase of our lives? And for her, she couldn't give me an answer because it was not supported or facilitated throughout her entire life up to this point. So she's really struggling with the idea of what she should do, but she's not the only one. There are a ton of foster youth and really any aged person that is like in high school and wondering what to do with their lives next. So it has me thinking about foster youth who really don't have that guidance and that structure to Facilitate that change of transition into the next phase of their lives. And I really want to talk about that on this podcast of how and what could be done to help you. So when I lost my mom at 14 years old, I immediately got a mentor. My mentor was a person that I can really have a conversation with about literally anything. And at that phase of my life, I needed to talk about relationship development, as well as going to college and what my transition was, because I was, in my mind, I was coming from a place of, I just seen my brother get handed a piece of paper with a list of shelters on it, because he did not have a plan in place. And I knew that that was not going to be my particular story. So I got me a mentor, as well as talking to my counselor at the school, because I was really good at doing my work. So I had a focus. And my outlet was school and other things, because I was not I was not, I did not come without problems, but I knew for a fact to have a plan, I needed the support. So a mentor, I had a dozen of mentors and my counselor. So when I was getting closer to graduation, it was my junior year. Yes, it was my junior year and at that time I was really thinking that I was going to be a doctor and so he helped me get into the nurse and assistant program to help me along along this journey, right? So with any foster child, I feel like it's best to get any person that is willing to help you out. And the thing is, we have To hold ourselves accountable, we must listen to what they have to say and then ask them questions. And I know that sometimes it can be hard to ask them questions or difficult to come up with what we should ask them. But if we want better for our lives, we have to choose to be better. And for me, I chose to be better, but also, I think that I also had the mindset for not wanting to fail, not wanting to end up homeless, not wanting to fall in the same footsteps as my mom. And so I worked extremely hard to prevent that and to excel. And so when I think about my niece, every decision that could possibly be made for her is being made for her. And I know that I have more autonomy and ability to speak up for myself. And I used my voice a lot more, but I gained my voice because I was a part of the Teen Advocacy Youth Group Youth Council, which is the teen group association that basically teaches you how to use your story for your own benefit and really own your story. So I owned my experience and then I also got connected with a ton of different resources that the county provide once you leave custody that, yes, my brother got connected with these resources after he left, but he did not know how to make that transition. It's not taught in a household. If you don't have a really good parent or foster parent that is helping you understand finances and getting your bank account, getting your social security and um, birth certificate and ID and license. If your foster parent is not allowing you to do all these things and helping you through this process then you're really not being set up to transition into adulthood. And I think that is where the system fails us. Because I forced my way into getting my license and my car before I hit 18 years old. Before I graduated from high school, I clawed my way and I spoke up every. Inch of the way to making sure that I could do this and I fought. But I was also talking to my therapist and I was asking, like, why did I have to fight that hard to get the exact same things that normal kids, normal teenagers would be able to have a privilege of doing? And I was responsible, right? So if I'm a responsible child or a teenager, why don't I have the luxury of transitioning into an adulthood and more responsibility by giving privileges like this? And But I also understand from the perspective of the state they're responsible for everything that we do and so I think that there needs to be a change within a system for teaching the foster parents how to help us transition and how to get the necessities that we need in order to make that proper transition into adulthood. I think that there needs to be a class that explains Certain things. And I remember when I was younger, I had the the IL classes, which were the independent living classes. And for a portion, you got a paid stipend to attend the classes. I really wanted to know the information. However, the bonus was getting paid. And I really appreciated that. And I was told that they took it out. They got rid of it. But to be honest, if you don't teach these fundamental things of how to grocery shop based off the sales in a newspaper or how to pay your bills, if all these decisions are made for you prior to you being 18 and being pushed and forced out into the street to kind of deal with it and figure it out. If these things were taught to us inside the household by the foster parents, it would eliminate a lot of the issues that many foster youth, aged out youth experience when trying to figure it out on their own. And when I think about my niece, I'm here as her support system, but there's still a gap. There's still a, a, a an area that I cannot assist her with. There's still room for other people to be able to come in and assist her and many others, but help the next generation understand the importance of a few factors, school managing their money, budgeting. Um, I think we also learned interviewing skills and getting your resume together. I've been through a lot of resources when I was a teenager. So I got a ton of information, a ton of support from the collaboratives, the community centers, to the organization I was a part of, And the mentorship programs that I was involved in, and everything built on each other. So I was extremely happy to be set up properly. But what about those who fall through the cracks because they don't have places to go to to figure these things out anymore? If the resources are not being delegated to, tackle these issues and the youth are falling short not knowing how to do certain things that essentially is important to them being an adult so what is the resolution from this point on like what is the remedies for tackling tackling these things so one thing that i can say is that i'm happy That I have a friend, Alexis, and she helps people aged out foster youth to really understand how to make that transition and getting them to properly understand what steps to take. If they need to be connected to a resource, she provides that. If they need certain things like transportation needs and Resources to help them move from day to day. She gets them connected to them, the resources. But for the foster youth that are still in custody, and I'm speaking directly to you, before you get out of foster care, you have to have a plan. You must know what you want to do, and then surround yourself with people who are helping you to get there. Even if that is a mentor, the guidance counselor at your school, but figure out what you want to do and have a concrete plan as to how it's going to happen. So for me, my plan was my plan was to first start the nursing assistant classes as a junior in high school. And in this phase, I really didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, although I had the idea of becoming a doctor. I was still kind of floating around. I was um, experimenting. I um, I was signed up to become a teacher. And after I was in the class for a year, I quickly changed my mind and went to nursing assistant classes and I aged out of foster care and I graduated from college and I was like, well, what do I do now? College. And my guidance counselor set up the appointment to do the application in his office. So I didn't have to do it by myself. And he walked me through the whole financial aid application, as well as application to apply to college and all of this so I really had the assistance of somebody that knew exactly what to do because at that phase of my life I was inexperienced I didn't know anything about college and the process of the application and that would have been even more off-putting for me because I wouldn't have known. So get connected with someone that can help you. Someone that knows what they're doing and they can really assist you with getting connected with the best thing for you. That's number one is getting connected with people. Number two is really figuring out yourself. Understanding that You have resources out here and talking to these people, caseworkers, um, mentors, people that are involved in county, they have the connections with resources and they can give it to you when you ask like, hey, what can I do next? Because it's a new phase of my life and I'm wondering what I'm going to do. And they can get you connected with the next phase, the person with the resource, the assistance with what you need to get you over to that transitional uh, space that you need to be at in order to make that next step. They can do that. They can help you. The next phase is really understanding that it takes you to be accountable, to want more, to have the desire to want to be in a different place in your life and to know that you have two different options. You have the option of utilizing every resource that you have, going to school, graduating from school, going to college, getting college-bound, getting ETV, um, and all of the necessary things that could, number one, help you with financial um, issues that you might deal with. If you go to school, you get paid to go to school. That might help, right? And then if you need a financial class, then join a mentorship program and then ask them, like, how can I understand money? How can I understand how to use and save my money? So getting connected with their resources, their people, and they'll help you out with that. But then having the willpower to desire to make that change, to desire something different, and to know that there is a possibility for you to change. And so that's the end of it. I wanted this podcast to be really quick, um, but I wanted to address, like, it's not going to be perfect. I went through... I went through different phases of my life where I just did not know. And even when I was in college, I still had a phase of my life in college where I was in limbo. I was really not knowing what I wanted to do. And I really wanted to drop out even though I was in college. And I told myself, no, I refused to do so. And I stuck it out and I graduated. But there's going to be things that come up on our journeys in Understanding who we are and who we want to be. And what helped us out is the support that we have around us. And I know for a fact that I'm only successful because I had successful people around me. In my college years and prior to that, in high school, having the people around me from my mentors to guide me to just having fun right? We would go skating into the movies with one of my mentors. I would sit in a car and just talk to another one. I I just had so many of experiences where I had to talk to people about their lives and really understand how I wanted my life to be shaped. And without that support, without that knowledge, I would only have the perspective of what My parents did in their lives. And if that's the only idea that I have for aging out, if that's the only experience that I have, I could not want more because I don't know more. So I knew that I needed other people that had more than myself, had more than my family, and could show me something different. And essentially, that's what mentors do they show you something different they allow you to think differently and broader which then sets you up for can you do it can you follow through can you go and chase your dream can you think of an idea that you want and so I am getting together um a way to kind of build out your transitional plan I remember sort of thinking about this and I thought that they had I thought the county had a template that you can go through and kind of build out like what is your transitional plan apparently not I thought it was a six month plan that you have you know six months to kind of get your stuff together and think about what the transition phase is where would you live how much money do you need for rent and things like that? But I am getting together, and it'll be in a description box maybe within the next week. It depends on when you listen to this, but I would recommend signing up for my mailing list, emailing list, because I'm about to start that. So that even if I don't have it in a description box, I can send it via email of the transitional. Um, adjustment what plans do you need in place to make that smooth transition into adulthood and be okay and live comfortably because that's the idea comfortably living not struggling all right I enjoyed this short podcast thank you for listening and until next time see you